All right, hello, and welcome to Totem Talks, episode 15. The big one, five. We are getting there. Yeah, we and we can almost legally drive. That's right. And we've got such a great episode one, five, because we've got special guests, we've got special artists. I just can't well, wait. Well, we have a special guest. Let's well, not. All right, fine. Well, we have a very special <laughs> He's guest. He's very special. Uh, before we get to him, though, why don't we talk a little bit about us as a group? Oh, yes. Uh, this is Totem Talks. Uh, if you've been here before, welcome back. And if you haven't, welcome. And what we're doing is we're taking a bunch of musical artists and we're ranking them. That's the very bare minimum of the description of what we're doing. Very bare. Uh, We go pretty in depth. We kind of try to educate a little bit on the artist, educate ourselves, and then educate you guys. Any interesting facts. um, And then we rank them Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. on their talent, based on their music they've put out, based on their longevity, based on their sales. and All sorts of different things. You'll hear You'll hear us go more in depth into that. Uh, but first, who we are, uh, we're Low Totem, a Bucks County, Pennsylvania-based cover band. And uh, I am Pat, and I'm the lead singer of Low Totem. And I'm Nick, and I sing and play guitar and piano for Low Totem. Hola, mi amo es Tyler, el brujo especial. Okay. All right. That could be correct. And then our special guest. Drum roll, please. Uh, I am Alex. I am the bassist for Low Totem. Hey, uh, yes. We are sure introducing is. Alex to the world. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Uh, you may have. I think you played what? You played one public gig with us, right? Yeah, one public and like yeah. two private, three private. Yeah, we've been together yeah. for what? Almost two months at this point. Has it been? Yeah, that long something already? like that. Yeah. Wow. Craziness. But yeah, so we're uh, we're talking about three artists today, as usual, mm-hmm. and uh, the artists are the Bare Naked Ladies, Talking Heads, and Leonard Skinnerd. Like I said, special guests, special artists. It's going to be a lot true. of fun. They are artists. <laughs> they are artists. At least one of them is very special. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so the first one that we're going to cover today is Bare Naked Ladies. And so, Pat, do you want to take us away and kind of tell us about them? Sure. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about Bare Naked Ladies. So Bare Naked Ladies, they, uh, I don't want to say they're necessarily, they're just labeled as a Canadian rock band. I mean, they do folk and alt rock yeah. and a whole bunch of different things. Um, They were obviously, they started in Canada. In the late 80s, 1988, and they're still going strong today. And uh, we're going to be going over three albums by them. And uh, our formula is usually first, last, and most popular. Mm -hmm. And so for them, their first album was Gordon. And Gordon came out in 1992. Uh, And then after that is their most popular album, Stunt, which came out in 1998. And then finally, Fake Nudes. Which came out in 2017. There was also an acoustic version of that album, or a partial acoustic yeah. version of that album. I too, think it was called like "Fake Nudes, Fake Naked." Nudes Naked. Yeah, right. Of course. But that was—I think that was classified as an EP. I did listen yeah, to it. Yeah, right. But... So why don't we start talking about Gordon? I'll go first. Yeah, please. Um, I loved it. Uh, there was things that I didn't like, and I'll start by talking about the things that I did like. Uh, I really liked the different instruments they used, and I really loved their harmonics. All the way through this album, they had such good harmonies. Uh, they really incorporated like horns and a whole bunch of really interesting things. Uh, they brought in a lot of guest vocalists and guest instrumentalists for this. So they had a lot of nods to other bands, particularly Rush, that is correct. Uh, which is really is, interesting to me. Correct. Well, uh, Canadians stick together. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's because of the syrup. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so I, if, the one thing that I didn't like about this album and that kind of leaks into their whole discography. I'm not a fan of Stephen Page's singing voice. 
Now, with Bare Naked Ladies, that's not a huge problem because they have multiple people singing. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, Ed Robertson sings a little bit. Uh, he's the one that you probably would have most likely heard. Yeah, Paige is very heavy on this this album. Yeah, this album in particular. Um, but I really enjoyed the instrumentation, and I didn't hate his singing. I just don't really like it. Yeah, I mean, that's really well put. I mean, I pretty much would agree with you down the line on the things, uh, particular uh, instruments that they added in that I thought were cool throughout the album were like muted trumpet sounds, uh, really well done strings, uh, and some songs later on. And nothing was bad here. I, I enjoyed every track. Right. I agree. And, you know, I mean, that's that. I'm, I'm going to pass it on because I don't have anything else yeah. to add that you didn't say. I mean, I also agree with y'all, but, uh, you know, uh, I think Stephen Page has a nice singing voice. Um, so you're a little bit more of a Page okay, fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit more enough. of a Page fan. I also really like Ed Robertson, though. Like, yeah. I think he's a great singer. Probably better than Stephen Page. But I, I, think, I think you guys saying Stephen Page is not the best singer is a little bit disrespectful hey. to him. Oh, he's no. classically well, I mean, trained. We're not trying he's to, classically yeah. trained. Well, it doesn't guys. show. No it doesn't show. <laughs> to the classically trained singer. Yeah, so are we. I think his tone is okay, but I think his... Uh, Pronunciation is weird on things. Okay, I can yeah, it's got like a really it's weird. He's Canadian. That's what well, it's all I about. don't. I mean, Ed Robertson's also Canadian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where it is. But Tyler, can I say, yeah. what a good boy. What a smart boy. <laughs> okay. I is mean, that, uh, I have to say, listening to this album, in my opinion, I if I had to grade it, I'd give it like a grade nine. Um, <laughs> no, I see what you did go. there. There you go. First time everybody's familiar with, you know, first time listening, a nine. first time <laughs> listening to it, first time listening to it. I was like, hello, city. Um, <laughs> He's just naming tracks uh, with terrible no, context. Okay. So hey, just so everyone knows, don't blame it on me. Um, yeah, blame it on Enid. I maybe? love you. Is that what you <laughs> Okay, Tyler's oh just naming God. songs. <laughs> so I think that means he likes it. Well, don't call things. me crazy. <laughs> a couple things uh, about tracks before we move on to sure. the next album. Uh, a couple specific tracks. Uh, uh, speaking of grade nine, I really loved that it was like it was funny, and they put a lot of samples in a couple Rush right. songs, the Peanuts that theme. They did, you know. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, the two big songs on this album, uh, if you're a Bare Naked Ladies fan, are Brian Wilson and If I Had a Million Dollars. Uh, so Brian Wilson was like the first time when they got like kind of serious. And it's a really well done song, and it's the first song, and only song really, where uh, I did not mind Stephen Page's vocals at all. Oh, okay, good to know. Um, I really, I, I enjoyed that song. Um, and then if I had a million dollars, uh, that's the song that really put Bare Naked Ladies on the map in Canada. Like without that song, we probably wouldn't have heard their big song, which right. we'll talk about in the next right, album. Exactly. I heard it's the Canadian um, national anthem, actually. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of, uh. Not not at all, speaking of. There's no segue here. Uh, my favorite song lyrically that we listened to at all today, or not today, but on this episode, might have been The Flag. Not okay. You Could such, Be My Yoko Ono? Such a, <laughs> such a heart-wrenching song. Um, it was really, really great message about, like, you know, how to deal with, like, abuse and, like, get out of that situation. Hmm. Really, really strong stuff from them. Cool. Uh, so I take it that means we are moving on to stunt. Yeah, so that was the big one. One week is the first track. Yeah, that's the song that everybody that's knows. Song you that's know by the big then. hit. Um, if you, you even know, know, that's the how name, right. Ladies, that's how they got on. Yeah, and those nine words are what most people know. Yeah. Um, 
But that's how they became something in America, really, especially. This is kind of their their breakout in the States. They've moved south. Yes. Um, but this is another pretty strong album all the way really through. Strong. I would say all the tracks, all the things that we like from the first album continue. Uh, different uses of instrumentation. Um, pretty well done harmonies throughout. Yeah. Pretty likable. The only song that I thought was just bizarre and i had a hard time wrapping my head around was, was when you dream yeah and it was just like a five minute long song of like here are a I bunch of things that, that maybe you that could dream about a little bit please i need um, some help so i'll talk next then uh specifically when you dream before i say anything else mm-hmm. that's a song that stephen page wrote while watching his newborn son fall asleep okay sure and it was right. like him saying like what are the things you could right. dream about oh, and be? i get it it's still it's weird. Just still weird. It's still weird, but at least maybe that context might yeah. help you wrap your head around it a bit. Also, um, shocking about this album, and my last comment on it, is that Enemy gave it a 1 out of 10. Super weird. I mean, like, everybody really? else gave it, like, pretty decent reviews. And, Not as good as the first one, and listen, but, like, it's, but 1 at out the of same 10? Time, Come on. I really feel like some people just can't handle that Bare Naked Ladies has comedy in their music. Could be. And could they be. don't focus on the fact that the music itself is right. still really it good. Can, it yeah. can be done well and it can be done poorly. Yeah. It just so, depends on... I mean, on, a couple songs yeah. that I really wanted to point out. Obviously, One Week is the big song. Uh, I liked I'll Be That Girl. I liked oh, Call yeah. and Answer. Um, I thought that might have been the best that Stephen Page's voice sounded on this album. Uh, obviously, I liked Who Needs Sleep because I have Insomnia rep up. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Alcohol... I thought was an interesting song, very raucous and upbeat is what mm-hmm. I had. And also Raucous. It's the naked song. Yeah. And I f- oh, can't okay. believe we forgot to mention this so far. Yeah, please. For the first six albums that Bare Naked Ladies released, they released one song that they recorded completely nude. Everybody in the studio, the producers, the band, everybody. Listeners at home. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh so Maybe. for the first album, it was uh I believe it was The King of Bedside Manor. Hmm, yeah. I think that's the one that was the naked song. And then this album, it was Alcohol. Okay. So <laughs> just thought know. I would throw that out yeah, there. Please. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with what everything you guys are saying. I think this is definitely their strongest album. Um, sure. If not, you know, followed by their next album, which we didn't listen to, um, is probably their second strongest. But hmm. this one has my absolute all-time favorite song, which I'm surprised isn't on your list, which is Light Up My Room. Which is Light Up My Room was beautifully a super, written. super good song. Yeah, very good. And that's probably my top like song by them, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's great. I great really, Robertson vocal on that one. I really enjoyed the uh, music video for uh, Get In Line. Um, apparently, that was a song from King of the Hill. I've watched every episode oh, yeah. of King of the Hill. Uh, I did not realize this. Yeah, it's, yeah that's a song from King of the Hill. That was on the bonus, a- bonus album. Yeah. They, the also, they also had a uh, song on uh, Malcolm in the Middle. I can't remember which yeah. one, but they had one. And um, Two shows that I have never seen. If you <laughs> haven't heard, if you don't know if you've heard of the Bare Naked Ladies, two other big things they were on was they had the end of the world as we know it, uh, re-recording the cover from the Chicken Little movie they when also, we were all children. They also did uh, the song One Little Slip from the Chicken Little movie. Look at that. There's wow. more than one. Well, they did release an entire children's album, actually, so I wonder if that's in any way related. Maybe. Hey, why yeah. not? And, well, that's, and that's something that, that's something that I, I... It's interesting to hear because listening to Bare Naked Ladies, they they have a sound to them that's almost like children's music, but 
it it's not nearly at, you know it doesn't talk down to the mm, listener yeah. Yeah, and it's not just bland and generic but the songs themselves kind of sing like children's songs like million dollars you could be my yoko ono mm. they all have like that sound to it like you could hear this being like a like a kid's song yeah, but then that. you listen to it and you're like oh well yeah. i i could enjoy this as an adult and i'm sure if i put this on the kids in the room would have no idea what they were singing about and they would enjoy it too sure. it's like a, a yeah. perfect kind of listening thing there that, that way yeah, there were a few like kind of hokey albums in between. Like one of them, yeah. they did a a Shakespeare themed album called "As You Like It." That's only twenty six minutes long. Very, very, very difficult to find. It was like a limited release for one festival, but it was kind of cool to listen to that one through too, which I did. Yeah, but uh, they yeah, also, sorry, they also had a uh, Christmas album too. Yeah, <laughs> it was true. Interesting, and that will Michael all bring us back around. Oh, interesting to fake nudes. Yes. So the most recent album. Sure. Uh, why don't we? Yeah, let Alex or Tyler go first. Um. I didn't. I wasn't too big of a fan of it. I think they uh, and and in the more recent albums, you know, before it, they were kind of diverging from, you know, the bare naked ladies sound. Mm-hmm. And I think in some of the songs you got the hints of it, but then in other ones you got like well, a really poppy kind of like kind of like Maroon Five diverged. Yeah, I mean, it's poppy. worth pointing out that this is after Stephen Page left the band. Right. Sure. So yeah. Stephen Page left the band in 2011. And so this was six years later, and they've released a few albums after he left. So they might be what you're talking about. They kind of strayed away from the earlier sound. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. And yeah, Yeah. and it's not unpleasant. No, certainly, like it's never bad to listen to. It's not like some of the previous albums that we've heard on here where we had a hard time getting through them. But I would definitely. It's their most plain, mainstream, any rock band could have put out these songs type album sure. compared to the first two that we listened to, which yeah, were definitely but, more uniquely their voice. But one thing, at least for me, that makes it distinctive, Bare Naked Ladies, is they always, like, every song always has not just a good chorus, but a really good, catchy chorus with good sure. harmonies in it that you enjoy listening to. Yeah, the harmonies make it. Always do. Yeah. yeah, and they're very overtly Canadian in this album, too, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, like, so, it's sort of like it reminds me of how the Kinks are, like, so overtly British yeah, in their music. And I, I want to tell you that I don't I don't know how much of that was on purpose, but I know that the overall kind of theme for this. And I mean, obviously, we're not dumb. The, the album's name is Fake Nudes. Right. We kind of get what it might be about mm. at that point. But it was. That's exactly what it's about. And it's about them like kind of looking looking on over the border from Canada at what's going on here in America. And that's why the first few albums are like Canada Drive, Bringing It Home, like Invisible Fence. Like Mm. When you kind of hear the context, it makes a little more sense. Um, But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I thought the first half of the album was kind of poppy, kind of, you know, bland a little bit almost. Sure, yeah. And then I thought the second half of the album kind of picked up a lot. Um, I thought Dusty Rooms was really well done. Uh, a rare Hearn vocal. Oh, uh, he okay, actually yeah. had a few on this album. Yeah, the last two. Yeah, he had a bunch on this album, but before yeah. that, I don't know how much he sang. Right, and the last song too, Township of King, which I thought was yeah, really I good really like Township of King. Uh, I thought Twenty Twenty Hindsight had a good groove in it. Mm-hmm. I thought Bag of Bones had some good group vocal harmonies. You know, Flying Dreams was like a good folk song. So like once we passed. Sunshine, I think, was kind of the turning point for me. The first okay. four, uh, I could kind of go without. Yeah, but we took the night Sunshine. One. Yeah, the Jim. Uh, oh yeah, the, uh, the so yeah, I was actually going to talk about that. Is Jim Cregan the best singer in the band? 
you know... And just rarely, if ever, sings? I don't think you would be wrong in saying that. Because dude laid down that vocal and we took the yeah. night. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh, what guest vocalist did they bring in from another band? Like, he's yeah, so right. good. And then I find out it's just, you know, he's in the band already. Really, really impressive. Um, Do we have anything else to say about the well, albums before we score them? Just in... As another throw off on the vocals on this last album, I'm not sure whether maybe it was Hearn that I didn't hear before until this album, but one of them on this album sounded so much like Michael Stipe from REM. I was like, is this I, an was, REM vocal? I believe vocal? it was Hearn. Yeah, okay. He sounds a lot like Michael Stipe. Yeah, I believe it was Hearn. Yeah, fair okay, enough. Okay, so let's score these guys. Um, why don't okay. we start with the cultural impact? So now I will say off podcast. Uh, we did have an argument yeah, about we this. We had we I I think. Alex and I may or may not have almost murdered Nick. That's true. I, so I just want to hear, Tyler, did you know multiple songs by this band coming in? Out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bare Naked Ladies has popped up consistently and not subtly in so much of movies, but more specifically TV. Okay. Big Bang Theory. Uh, um, yeah. Sure. Oh, I, we forgot to say. Yeah, yeah they, they're as, the, ho- they're the uh, theme song. Okay, so as that's much as I dislike talking about that show, it's it, yeah. it must be said that within the first two seasons of The Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. anyone who didn't know who the Bare Naked Ladies were suddenly did, okay. because that song kind of just took off and everybody was gotcha. singing it and humming it. But I I can think of several instances and you know, watching TV where if a song came on that I thought sounded like a Bare Naked Lady song, if I looked it up, sure enough, it was. Okay, so that's interesting. So that puts our research about about 50% of people, because we talked to people outside of the podcast as well and got their takes Uh on it. About 50% of people think that Bare Naked Ladies are a one-hit wonder, myself included. Mm. And then the other three members of this podcast had actually heard other songs by them before we had asked our drummer in low totem who had never heard any other songs by them uh, i talked to my girlfriend about it i talked to my brother all these people who are into music and know a lot and of I stuff had never heard well who had all heard of them I talked so to my it seems work. like it's ha- it's 50 50 i didn't, I didn't talk to anyone it seems pretty 50 50 as to whether or not people know multiple songs by this band or yeah, think they're a I mean, one-hit the argument wonder. So it's, it's a toss-up, basically. wanted to give them like a point one. No, I didn't. Yes, you I wanted to give them like a two. One. You no. wanted to give them like a one. You said I might give Nick them said, a two. Nick said I considered them a low bravado. Right, look, he said, I don't, oh, bare-naked ladies I, are going to get swept out of the water by Leonard I said Skinner only in cultural heads. impact. Okay. So. so essentially, at the end of the day, I'm listening to you guys. I'm hearing you guys. I think we kind of have to take our data into account so about half of the people find bare naked ladies to be like a famous band that they know multiple songs by and about half of people have only ever heard that one song so it's a five so i think it's halfway in between what you're thinking and what i'm thinking whoa if 50 percent of people know more than one song and 50 percent of people don't then it's then they're halfway between a one hit wonder and so i don't put that's not average to me but it's not as low as i was originally thinking either so Including all the TV stuff. I think including all the TV stuff maybe gets them in that low four force. And that's like okay. as compromised as I can get on this. I could I can I can settle with a four. I, th- okay. I yeah, think they I'm deserve fine a five. With like a four, four point one, four point two range. Okay. I mean, Tyler, what are you thinking? I mean 
I, I think a four is a good place to have them because they're clearly popular within the industry, whether the audience at home is asking for them or not. It, right, the which, producers and writers of these TV shows are certainly yeah, putting right. their songs heard in their there. Music. Right, which is totally fine because I was one of those people who came in thinking, dismissing them as a one-hit wonder and then listening yeah. to the records and really liking them. So. Yeah. Okay, All right. four works. So four is where we're at, and we will move right along to Breath of Work. So yeah, so Bare Naked Ladies double our average with twelve studio. Yeah, they have albums. twelve studio albums. That's quite a bit, and none of the ones we listened to were bad. Right, two of them were really good. Two of them and were one very of them good, was and one just was just kind okay. of average. Yeah, right. One exactly. Which I mean, again, for our podcast is rare. Yes, I agree. So <laughs> rare for a band that also didn't score almost at the top of cultural impact to have a high score here. Right, and I don't think it's going to be like insane because no. you have to factor in the the lack of super well known stuff that's not like TV theme songs and whatnot. Yeah, but I mean, at the but same I time, also, I mean, I'm above I'm above average for sure. At the same I mean, like, time, I'm looking at like looking a seven. At, oh, yeah, because I'm I think uh, a seven too. I'm up in the sevens because if you look at their first, you know, five albums: Diamond, Gold, Platinum, Gold, Platinum, Gold. Platinum, are you naming platinum. what they are in Canada? I'm no, I'm not. No, some of US. them were very popular in the United States. Yeah, so I mean, that two went so, four times platinum. Exactly, and the and then the one after that went platinum in the United States, and then there were yeah, two. And golds. maybe you should drive in '94 went two times platinum in. Uh, I believe that's right. Canada. So after 2000, they stopped going. You yeah, know, stopped certifying, which is fine. Stopped. You know, and I'm not going to rip them too much for that. But again, but they're still charting. I mean, Silverball. Which oh came yeah! Out in 2015, charted at number three in, in Canada? Canada, right? And, and actually, they're killing it in Canada. Obviously, if this was like a Canadian-based show, if Canada ran the world the way that the United States did, yeah, this would be totally different. <laughs> so I just, I mean, I think that you know we need to give right. them that. I'm just saying for their it's hard work. to go much higher than a seven for me because of the lack of commercial success worldwide and the lack of people knowing lots and lots of their songs. But all the songs are good, and it's above average in terms. So that's yeah. why I'm in the seven. I can, I can, I can, you know, agree with a seven. All right, Tyler, what do you think? Um, yeah, I would probably. I, I'm hearing what Nick said. I don't know how they do, really, in Europe. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't speak for that, but I would definitely say at least, at least a six. But would, a seven makes more sense just to me. For the record, okay. Tyler, their best-selling album charted at twenty in the UK, and then their next best one after that was fifty-seven. None of them have ever been. Certified yeah, but what's the conversion except... rate for twenty in the UK? Versus <laughs> I think I think where they rank the is the American. Same. But one was a British gold. Uh, Stunt was British gold. Oh, and British gold. Oh, we also can't forget that Bare Naked for the Holidays went gold. Oh, oh, okay. The hey, holiday if, holiday holiday if you sell a holiday album and that goes gold, that speaks for something. <laughs> <laughs> so, instrumental talent. I'm not as high on this as I was on Breath of Work, but oh. I do find they're playing to be very interesting and yeah. to incorporate a lot of stuff. I think a lot of what I like about their playing is more songwriting than instrumental talent, though. So I'm willing sure. to go higher there than I am here. Yeah, I mean, I think they're above average, um, and I, I don't, I don't, I won't, I don't want to put them right at a five because I think that you have four members of the band who, when they all sing together, sound really good. Yes, I, I agree, and that, that does raise them up. Even though we don't like Stephen Page's right. voice individually. Uh, I do want to dock a little bit for that, but agreed. You the have fact to. that harmonically they sound so well together and they use it so frequently. Yes, they do, and that's and they that's should. Strong. They, and yeah. the fact that they still sound that good harmonically in their latest album, oh, which has yes. two I new agree. singers, and they've removed two singers. Oh, 
hundred percent there with you. So I mean, so I'm some... I'm in the high fives. I could really? get on board with the high yeah, fives. I'm yeah. not quite at a six because I'm not I do think that Stephen Page kind of lacks for me a little bit. I agree, and I also think that none of the specific instrument stuff wows me. I like that it's included, yeah. and I it's, think it fits really well. I prefer the writing and the instrumentation yeah, the to uh, the arrangements to the playing itself. I prefer. And that's why I would agree with you. So, Alex, I can tell that like you're a little I heartbroken about that. I was gonna go, uh, you know, like a, a seven. I think I can okay. go down if if you guys are willing to go down to a six. But you know, I, mean, I think you, they all have very good um, talent in what they do. Sure. Okay. Where you know uh, the bass player, he's playing an upright. He plays beautiful. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like when when he's in the forefront. Like mm-hmm. uh, they have a I don't know who wrote the song, but they have this cover of lovers in a dangerous time okay which okay. is and the bass is right up front sounds beautiful yeah, okay. and then he's back in the pocket I get that. too yeah you know, no i so. get that and i think we're gonna have a lot more you know good bass to talk about today too but you generally i mean if you want to stick to I, your I can, guns I we'll average out our six. scores and get to six i can go with the so six. i think that you can bring up where pat and i would be by you know by sticking to your guns and that's oh, fair I'll, I'll stick to my guns yeah. and we can, we can now get a songwriting talent i'm well we should let tyler go Oh well, I mean, I mean this, this, he doesn't this, usually like to talk about this. Yeah, this is a category I really can't even speak for. Honestly, yeah. if you can play an instrument and a melody comes out of it, I'm like, wow, you're the best. Yeah. So Tyler I, I, says Tyler ten, so we yeah. can Tyler, average it out. <laughs> Tyler to like just a gives everyone a, a ten, so we all have to artificially lower our scores to make them realistic. Now, uh, songwriting talent. You know, we've already gone off about why we like this so much. I think it's maybe somewhere in between, eh, probably closer to breadth of work than instrumental talent, but in the sixes. So, here's my argument for having it be in the sevens. Okay, go ahead. I'm all ears. One, all the songs are solid. Yes. All of them are mostly good. Okay. There's no songs that are written that I dislike because of the way they're written, except for mm-hmm. a couple of the poppy ones. Sure, yeah, yeah, album. yeah, right. Now, if you look at the writers of mm-hmm. these songs, all of the members of the band write. Yeah, I do like that. So, it's mm-hmm. not just... The lead singers cranking out writing. That's and that is an all of them point. are putting out songs that are super solid, and I think you give a little points for that. Okay, I, I really that's an argument that resonates possibly with me. just for the quality, but the fact that everybody's putting them out that helps. I do agree really that helps that helps. Um, and again, that's another point that I think we're going to be looking back at later on in yeah. this episode, and that's that's an important factor. Yeah. So, Alex, where were you before we like come out with the final? I was actually at a six or a seven, and okay. and I think I think what Pat's saying is kind of pushing me toward the toward seven. The seven? Yeah, because they can write, you know. Yeah, I mean, sure, I'm I'm not going to argue. I think that that's fair. I, th- yeah. I think you make good points, and that just brings us to poetic talent, okay. which. For different reasons throughout the songs on the different albums, I think we liked. Yeah. I really liked their I lyrics. Really, yeah, yeah I... um, I'll let you guys talk first because okay. I want to know if I have yeah. to defend. I mean, I will say, I probably wasn't like as crazy into. The... I I know that that you listen more for that than I do, and I listen yeah. more for the arrangement. Um, which is good. Yeah. I definitely found their songs that were humorous to actually be funny and to work yeah. and to not feel like they were trying too hard or yep. I never felt like it's like, okay, but this is this really art? Like I always enjoyed it. So I am willing to like say that they wrote well throughout. Sure. Yeah. So what would you give them? I'm not, I'm not a certain cause just like looking at the way the Pat is 
listening to their lyrics, I, I want to hear his opinions first. So, sure. Because I think I'll you guys have a more in-depth. know if you can defend. I was oh, going to say we can give them like an eight. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if that's too high or something. That does feel very high. Okay, okay. well, we can that go. I, I'm like willing to go at down. At least tied no, no, for the highest. Well, well because, you know, so they, they do. I don't felt like with any of their songs. I don't felt like. I don't feel like with any of their songs, I'm listening to them and they're corny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some, yeah. some yeah. songs that are no, on in not. this podcast, I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is really corny lyrics yeah. that feel like they're just kind of serving the purpose to be sung yeah but everything that the bare naked ladies wrote i felt like it was it fit okay. the song really well it never mm-hmm. felt like a throwaway line okay and so, so can i give funny. context for a second for pat says this thing yeah. just so we know what we have established previously as an eight it's in terms Beatles. of poetic talent it's lennon mccartney and bernie taupin okay I'm are gonna the two go, I'm gonna poets, go little, are I'm the two go poets who are eights i'm gonna go lower. i mean i think uh, that six yeah is, well, don't go all okay you don't have to go to because i'll go again i'm not saying they're bad I but love, I'm just I love like that you're just been t- there's right. a number. Of I'm the just trying yeah. to like establish like, hey, here's what we've talked about is what's right. in an eight range, and we all know that Lennon and McCartney are great writers, and that Bernie Taupin was an excellent writer of poetry. Yeah, and so. I will say very specifically, the reason uh, I remember when we recorded those episodes, the reason we put them there was, you know, if we feel like somebody, you know, if we feel like we get through a hundred episodes and nobody's even come close to them, we would raise those scores. Right, Obviously and I think we're, we're going to... 15 episodes in. So right, I think at some yet. point when we go back and look at our, like, yeah. who's in the lead, we'll use that time to make adjustments as well and say, Correct. like, hey, now that we've listened to so, 100 artists, what do we think? Um, My personal score was going to be almost an 8. Oh, wow. A okay. 7.5. Okay. And here's my reasoning for that. Go and ahead. then we'll let Tyler see if he has anything to say on this subject as well. Okay. I now, do. You do? Excellent. Good, I'm glad. What a good boy. So, I think that very, very rarely do you have a band that can so effortlessly go from funny, you know, cheesy but really funny and genuine songs to really heartfelt and, you know, melancholy, really tugging at your heartstrings so well in an album. Mm. Yeah. And they do that all the time. They have songs that are funny and then you laugh at them. They have songs that are really honest about their personal past and you kind of feel that journey. They have songs that, you know, really kind of make you want to feel emotion, like okay. the flag, or even if I had a million dollars, that whole thing. I just think that they're really good at that, and I think that they do it in a way where it doesn't feel like they're preaching to you. Okay. Which I feel like a lot of the a lot of the more profound lyricists can get a little preachy, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I see what you're talking it's about. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I mean... I feel like Lennon McCartney and Bernie Taupin can get a little preachy, just a bit sometimes. Interesting. And I still love them. They're still two of my favorite artists yeah. of all time. Right. Not Bernie Taupin, Elton John. Obviously, Bernie yeah. Taupin Bernie Taupin, has, Taupin wrote the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, Bernie Taupin has had a, a career of music, and oh, interesting. It's not never... my favorite of all well, time. I, not that it's bad. I'm sure. But... Right. Okay, Tyler, I want to hear what you have to say before yeah. we come up with the final number here. So, as a um, as a fan of um, comedic songs. I really appreciated how legitimately done the Bare Naked Ladies songs were. Uh, One of the reasons why I think that Weird Al Yankovic has been so consistently successful with being a comedy songwriter is because Weird Al doesn't approach it like it's not worth 
right. trying your hardest. Okay, sure, yeah. And that's exactly the same vibe I got from these songs, um, especially in the days of YouTube and joke songs growing more yeah. and more popular. It is extremely rare to find people that are writing comedic songs and not just kind of phoning it in because the song is a joke. Yeah. yeah. All these so- all all Zappa esque too. Yeah. All of their yeah, exactly. all of their, you know, serious songs are great and don't fall into the um stereotypical campy category. Mm-hmm. And their comedic songs still work as songs and even lyrically, if you were to take out their comedic lyrics and find another story to sing about in that song it wouldn't necessarily feel out of place i wouldn't take a song like you could be my yoko ono and turn that into uh, a depressing story about a breakup but you could easily turn that song into you know any kind of friend hanging out type sort of thing i'm not a songwriter yeah Yeah, um, (laughs) so okay yeah i think i get your point so um i I say we average out okay. and go like 7.3. I think that's totally fair. Because I know you were a little lower. I know yeah. Alex and I and Tyler right. were a little higher. And I, I'm going to just say the TV and movie stuff we incorporated into cultural impact, so I don't yeah, necessarily I think give it's them a, a, X an X factor okay. point for that. Fair enough. So moving right along to Talking Heads then. All right, so Talking Heads... Ah, well, what to say about them. So they're an American rock band. They were formed in 1975 in New York City, and they remained active until 91, and then they had a couple, you know, reunions a little bit, 96, 2002. David Byrne's still very active. David Byrne is still Like, recently hosted SNL before all the uh, quarantine stuff. uh, As usual, three albums. That's our go-to. We listened to... Their first album, Talking Heads 77, released in 1977. I wonder why it was titled that. Yeah, right. Uh, then we listened to Little Creatures, which is from 1985. And then we listened to their last album, which is Naked, nothing to do with Bare Naked Ladies. It was released right, right, in right. 1988. So that is Talking Heads. What did okay. we think about I'm Talking actually, Heads 77? I feel like... Pat, you might have the outlier opinion on this, so I'm curious to hear from you cool. first. I hated it. I had a feeling that you were going to say that. I very much disliked this album. Um, <laughs> Whatever, dude. I, I, One, I absolutely cannot stand David Byrne's vocals on this album, like, at all. It just seems super off-putting to me personally. Um, And then... I the voc or the vocals really kind of covered the instrumentation for me, but what I did to give this the best chance ever, I listened to this album twice to try to listen to the instruments, and then I went and looked up karaoke instrumentals oh, wow. of these songs just to listen to the instruments because I wanted to just eliminate my hatred of David Byrne's voice in this album, and most of it just kind of felt blah. There were some parts of it that I thought were good. I thought Tina Weymouth. Is a very good bassist. Very much so. Uh, Very surprised to learn that by the time they recorded this, she'd only been playing for like two years. Wow, really? So they formed the band and just gave her a bass and told her to learn how to play. No kidding, because I love her playing. So I was really that was really interesting to me. Um, Getting into specific songs, uh, the big song you're going to know on this album is "Psycho Killer." Also, the only song written by more people than just David Byrne. Yes, on the whole record. Which I mean, stands out. 
Yeah, right. Um, again, I thought for most of it, uh, it was mundane. Uh, tentative decisions was like super awkward. There was like some weird call and response that Byrne was doing that I didn't like. Uh, uh-oh, Love Comes to Town. Uh, the only thing I liked about that song was the bass, and even that felt a little rushed. It just kind of felt like... Strong disagree. Sort of, I big, mean, it just felt super one. rushed to me. Okay. Um, and then again, I I just didn't like this album at okay. all. Well, I thought this album was really good. Uh, nice. So here's my thing with it. I knew all the big talking heads, big hits, like the eight songs that would have been played on the radio and stuff before this. And there's stuff like Burning Down the House that doesn't do anything for me. That's more new wavy, synthy feeling. Stuff like Once in a Lifetime that I don't care if I ever hear again. So I wasn't expecting it to be so much instrument-based and less synth-based. Well, I mean, like, band instrument, like, guitar-based, drums. Uh, So I really liked how the music came out for all these tracks, really. Sure. Um, I definitely am not going to fight you on David Byrne being bad at singing, but I will say there are some times when David Byrne's uniqueness is like, uh, he's not good, but who else could sing this song? And I thought the song Don't Worry About the Government was like the perfect encapsulation of, I know he can't sing, but like, who else would sing this song? It's perfect. Or Psycho Killer is another one like that too. I also thought two of the best tracks on the album were actually only on there as bonus tracks. So Love uh-huh. Building on Fire and Sugar on My Tongue are two of my, my mean, favorite head songs I that get were where only you're coming bonus from. tracks. I get where you're coming from. I just I feel like if the vocals right. are that bad, it it and doesn't I get matter where you're if anybody yeah. else could do so it or not. I wouldn't want them to. It's very much up in the air. It's I know it's a matter of taste. So some yeah. people can are terrible singers, and I love them anyway, like Bob Dylan. And some people are terrible singers, and and it stops me from being able to enjoy yeah, the and music. I also love so, Bob Dylan in spite right. of his awful. Voice. Exactly, and Neil Young is another person who can't sing, yeah. but I love his music. You know, it's just it, everybody's a little different right, on let's the way. Move on. Let's, we're taking a lot of yeah. time. I'll kind of sit as a middleman in this one. I liked a lot of their songs. I don't think the vocals ever really took me out of the music. Some like sometimes I'd be like, "Man, David Byrne sounds really weird," but then other times I would just be like, "Oh man, this is a jam," you know, mm-hmm. like because uh, this one as that opposed to their later, for later not, albums, not in this one really because I liked the rock roots in this one very much. Oh yeah, so. it, like, seriously, just a I'm in piece. a rock cover band who also is doing rock original music. And it, and what's the name of that band? I couldn't. Oh, it's Low Totem. Yeah, write that down. What's your title? Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so just. I, I, like most people in Bucks County, have not heard of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wow. certainly true. Well, what did you think yeah, of I this album? Know. I'm curious, Tyler. Oh, I I totally loved this, ironically. I, I laughed the whole time I was listening to this. Because I thought, oh my God, Tiny Tim put out a rock album. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This okay. is like, like listening to this album just conjured up some of my worst memories of the college glee club I was in and like talent shows where we'd get people together. It's like, hey guys, I wrote an original song and that you start playing. You're like, oh, okay. So this is like a nice acoustic. And then they start singing. You're like, oh, oh my boy. god, this is horrible. This is not an exaggeration. Okay, but you just I have to, but you just have to like put a smile on your face and go, oh, that was really good because we're all <laughs> in this together. It was, I mean, brutal. If if you if if there was like an episode of The Office where like like a bunch of the people in the office like put a band together, like this is what I would expect it to sound like. Okay, 
Fair enough. I guess we'll move on on to Little Creatures. Little Creatures, which I think on the strength of probably my two favorite Talking Heads songs, Mm -hmm. makes it the best album. I would agree. Um, It's it's another solid album all the way through. And by the way, all of these albums got great critical reviews. But uh, And She Was is my favorite Talking Heads song. And She Was is a great song. And then uh, Stay Up Late is the other one that's my favorite. But Road to Nowhere was a huge hit for them. Okay. But And She Was and Stay Up Late are my two favorites. Road to Nowhere are just a big hit. Both of them are very good. Yeah. Uh, And this album was a lot better. Yeah. David Byrne was a little more tolerable in yeah, most of these definitely. songs. There were still some parts where I wanted to, you know, turn it off, but a lot better. Um I really liked the different instruments on this one. I think I think this kind of goes down as Talking Heads most approachable album. Yes. Um a lot yeah. of people cuz I mean Talking Heads fans they're into the really weird part of Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh and they did that before this album in between 77 and this album. They released some really weird albums, which is fine. This album, they kind of came back and were like, let's do music again. And I don't mean that as, a, as an no, insult. No, 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 sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and she was great song. I really liked Creatures of Love with the steel guitar involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Stay Up Late was really interesting. It felt a little too literal in the vocal for me, but I really liked the instruments and the arrangement. Right. Um, <laughs> And honestly, this album was written as david burns ode to france and weymouth's new baby oh okay. and his wanting to settle down with his girlfriend future wife and have a child with her okay cool so i like the message as well good to know good to know anyone else want to take a shot hear that nick have a child no <laughs> uh personally i think you know <laughs> that that this album it, i i liked you know because this felt a lot more new wave than the, yeah, the it did, previous yeah. one, but in a way that was more approachable than some of the other. Yes, stuff. very much so. Like, like kind of like the the Cure. Like it, it felt a little bit more like that. Who we Which lambasted we on this podcast? Absolutely <laughs> wrecked on this. Show. Yeah, we did. Ooh, yeah, I did not listen to that. Episode. No, I guess yeah, I'll sorry. have to go back. But anyways, I what? thought the instrumentation was great. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, the sound of the vocals was great. Yeah. Um, I thought the. And we can get into this. I thought the words were horrible. I yeah, I get sure, that. Sure, fair enough. Tyler, anything fresh to add to that before we move on? I'll I'll say this: their second album, at least to me, sounded like this was actually like a a group that was legitimately trying to come <laughs> together and put music out. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I, because like I said, I didn't hate the first one, but I felt like it was almost like one of those fake documentary yeah, things. Like yeah. it almost to me felt I, like this is this Spinal is Tap heads, yeah. or something. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. I guess so. That, then we'll get to our last album, Naked. So, well, we are clothed. Well, that's maybe Just the people your... at home will never know. Um, well, one of but, us is not. Yeah, this was the only album I think maybe in the Heads discography that I looked at the track listing and said, "Oh, I don't know any of these songs. This yeah. will be interesting." Um, I'm somewhere in betweenish on this one. Okay. Like, I didn't dis. I didn't not enjoy it at any point but it wasn't as good as little creatures it wasn't nearly as good as little creatures um sometimes the vocals were in that neighborhood of the first album where i was like okay i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by what you're doing here dave please stop um but there were definitely some highlights uh i thought nothing but flowers was definitely a highlight for this album and then the last track cool water was probably the best song on the album i definitely agree that that's true yeah that was a i think a very good song so, Alex, what do you think? Uh, 
I actually listened to this album while I was doing my shopping at Target. Oh, nice. Fair um, so, you know, I was having a somewhat enjoyable experience. Um, the only song that stood out to me, because I, I'll be honest with you, I was focusing on my groceries, <laughs> um, was a song that I, I actually skipped. Oh, which really? was mommy daddy you and i uh, <laughs> yeah. i i i got halfway through it and i said this is garbage and then i skipped it fair <laughs> enough yeah uh, i get cool, it cool, cool tyler what do you think uh, this was just kind of a forgettable affair for me. sure um it was almost disappointing in that you know again coming off the first one i was I was so much in enjoying them ironically that I just kind of wanted more of that. And right. to me, I feel like the less bad they got, the less I cared to listen yeah, to them. I get that. Sure. You um, know, it's like watching the, the car wreck. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, I'll say my piece on this one. I didn't hate this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually liked this one. A lot. Oh, <laughs> um, interesting. More uh, or less than Little Creatures? Less than Little Creatures okay, because enough. I felt like it was less honest than Little yeah. Creatures. Um, but I really liked the big band stuff they did in the beginning yeah. in the first half of this album. Um, so th- And this one like literally is the tale of two albums to me. Mm. A-side, B-side. I liked the A-side. I hated the B-side. But the last Except track, like, for Cool Water, Water was it great. totally yeah. redeemed that yeah, side okay. to me. Um, but yeah, I really like the instrumentation in Blind. Uh, Mr. Jones felt really good to me. Uh, totally Nude and Ruby Deer also felt really good. Uh, nothing But Flowers. I like the message on that. Um, it reminded me of like the exact opposite of Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Oh, okay. Because like, it was like just saying two, mm-hmm. like the exact yeah. opposite. I don't know why it made me think of that. Um, but I liked that. And then we got to the second half, and that's where Mommy, Daddy, You, and I is. Yeah, right. Facts of Life, Big Daddy. It's all just... Yeah. Back to the first album is what sure. it felt like well, to me. So why don't we score them? them? <laughs> so, uh, Talking Heads, they just have to be above average in cultural impact. Yeah. They were a huge group in the in the 80s. Throughout the 80s, they were one of the biggest rock groups that there was. I mean, you can't deny that. They had a ton, a string of huge hits. You know, yeah. people like David Byrne have, you know, still, you know, found themselves very culturally right. relevant up to through today because of the Talking Heads' success. They've got to be, you know, I'm not saying we're putting them in the top five, but I'm saying that they have to be, you know, well on the right side of five, like in the seven to eight range. Really? Um, in what range now? In, the, in seven between eight. seven and eight. I Ooh. think it could be in between six and seven. Yeah, I'm I, between I can six settle and there. seven, buddy. Yeah. I think, uh, listen, I'm telling you right now, you got so up in arms about the Bare Naked Ladies score like that. I really do think if you ask the general public, the not music group, the not music crowd, name two talking head songs, they might be able to give you more than Psycho Killer. Really? No, I think not. Burning Down the House, Once in a Lifetime, Life During Wartime, Road to Nowhere. They were all pretty big hits. Yeah, they may have been pretty big hits, but I'm telling you to stand the test of time to ask. Psycho Killer is the only one that people might know, and I don't even think people who even know Psycho Killer necessarily know I think inherently unfair. I think you're basically saying I overvalue things that were popular long ago, but then it's hard for us as people in their 20s to understand 
exactly how popular this thing was in but 1985 because we couldn't have been in 1985. I'm not saying that we don't give them above average, but I'm saying if you're a band that we're doing from the 60s, 70s, things like that, your popularity today still matters a bit. It's still ma- yes. like if the Beatles it's, right and were the Beatles... as good as they were, but dropped off the face of the earth in 1994 okay. and barely were heard of since right. then. I get what you're saying. They would lose points, but it is hard to compare. You know, like a whole lost decade com- between bands. Right. You know, like Actually, a band that was super po- very popular well in the 60s, a band that was super <laughs> popular in the 60s, for instance. And then is less popular today, but they were on top of the world back then. Yeah, versus a band that was look, popular in the '90s, and a lot I of mean, people I'm who are still alive remember you it. Give, you can't give you their know. cultural impact to the fact that David Byrne is still popular. Yeah, I that's mean, true. They I launched mean, his career. Byrne, that helps. They may they have launched his, his career, career yeah. but yeah. I don't think that he is popular on the back of them anymore. I think he's popular on his own. Yes. And okay, I think but it that wouldn't, wouldn't, which would never have happened without talking thresholds. Well, that's like saying that you know, Tenacious D is the reason Jack Black is well known. Like that's not true. It's the opposite. Tenacious Jack Black right. made so Tenacious let me D just, well known. Let me just be clear. Exactly. My score is a six point five. Okay. I think that they are above average. Seven and above, I think, is to the point where everybody knows, you know, even if they're a one hit, right. Like one big hit, which I believe Talking Heads is now. I disagree. In the eighties and early nineties, yes, they had more than the one hit. But nowadays, it's psycho killer. I mean, that's just the way it is. Unfortunately for, you okay. know, that's the way it went. So, like, over so the course look of the decades. Stevie Ray Vaughan got a 7.6. Alice Cooper got a 7.8. How many people know more than one song by each of those artists? Right, but those are those are people who stood the test of time for other reasons. Alice okay. Cooper for his showmanship. Sure. And Stevie Ray Vaughan for, one, being ranked as one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Oh, and absolutely. two, his untimely yeah. death. I don't want to spend forever on this. I'm willing to average out. Yeah, let's average it out. So uh, if I'm where I am and you're where you are, I think that's going to put us at around a seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless these guys are also agreeing with me. Uh, I'm agreeing with Pat, yeah. I, I think that's six, 6.5. Like. Okay, and I was I was at like a seven and a half myself. So I think we could go 6.8. Yeah, I think a 6.8 is a healthy place to land on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they could be a seven. Undervalued, in my opinion. Okay. So... Eight studio albums above, above average. average. Uh, they did very well. Gold, 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 platinum, double platinum, a gold, little gold. Bit. So Sorry. with the exception of that very first album, they all did Which get a certification. a steaming pile of garbage. In your opinion. In, obviously, in Sales Threshold's opinion as well. Well, fair enough. But people were willing to give them more chances. Um, well, yeah, because it was the so, late 70s, and all you had to do was go in a studio. Okay. Album. Eight albums is slightly above average. Six. They did have... Sorry? You give them a six. Uh, slightly no. above average. Right. Uh, seven of them got certifications, and most of them had at least one song or two songs that were pretty big at the time. That were I pretty mean, big. I am I'm terrified of what number you're trying to give them. Yeah, uh, I my, It's very... I would say right about where they're maybe slightly under their cultural impact. So you're thinking like a six, six and a half? Yes. I could do a six and a half. I think that's only fair. I know that I'm doing that to compromise a little bit. Yeah, I feel like you've undervalued. And I am talking as someone who like wouldn't put the Talking Heads in my top 100 favorite artists, but I I just respect how important they were. I'm not saying they're not important. It's not a matter of what they've done. It's a matter of who knows what they've done. Okay. 
X Factor will cover what they've done. Yeah. Um, Cultural impact is who knows. Yeah, what I get done. it. Instrumental talent. I know we we all agree we don't have to go over how David Byrne can't sing. We don't have to go over how much we did enjoy Tina Weymouth on the bass, especially. Everything else was just kind of okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean. So I don't know if those two balance each other out, and we sit in the middle, or if we're what I'm slightly say. under. I'm under average. By a lot? No, okay. I'm in the I'm in between four and a half and five because of how average everyone was. Okay. How awful David Byrne singing is. I'm sorry, David Byrne. I I'm sure you're a nice guy. Oh uh, yeah. I'm sure. sure you're a wonderful human being. Right. I just can't stand your voice. Understandable. And I really well, enjoyed. He did set Tina's that orphanage on fire. <laughs> well. I really he had to write Tina's song building on fire, so. And so I'm willing to give it a 4.7. Okay, Alex, I'm curious before I say anything. You know, I maybe it's because I'm biased to the bass. Yeah. I love Tina Wayman. I really love her playing She's as well. She's amazing. Yeah. So I I was I, I kind of thought a six. Okay. You know, because I think that... I feel like Burns' voice is mostly offensive on the first album, and he gets significantly better afterwards. I, I can agree with that. It's I think... So I think, bad, Or maybe or it's just because I got used to, to it. Or get tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe I just, <laughs> yeah. I just start to get maybe used to it. Maybe you just shut off your ears. I would be willing to go in between you two, though. I think maybe in the low fives is, is acceptable. Well, I guess we'll see what Tyler says. I know you don't like this uh, this one, but I don't know. I really don't. I, I really yeah. don't. Maybe we go right go on that. I think go we, that high. I think they're bassist... I, I wasn't that impressed by her until you told me that she was new on it, and then that kind of yeah. kind of blew my mind a little bit. So we can give them something for that, but definitely not for their lead singer. And this is coming from a guy who genuinely doesn't. You, I mean, usually yeah, I don't yeah. like yeah. to take points away for singing because right. sure. I. So I'm gonna put him at a five because Alex and I were both above, fine. and I you will, two are both slightly below. Five. I think that's fair. Songwriting. Uh, I do think we did see a variety. I do think they grew from the first album significantly in, yeah. the, in what their sound was going to be. They did incorporate some cool and different stuff. They did have some hits. But I at the end would, of the day, I'm not super high on no, it either. I mean, I'm in the fives. I think okay. that's totally, yeah. totally reasonable. I'm for them Get just right because on of how popular the songs so, were. Somewhere, yeah. Maybe, maybe like... Go ahead. Five, I was going to say five. But, okay. I was going to say five and a half. You say five, four. That's about right. Alex, do you take a side between uh, us? I can go right on five. You would go right on five. I would go right on five. Okay, so we'll average. go down to like five three then to cool, make it cool. closer to average. And then All the last right, thing is please. the poetic talent is the weakest aspect oh, of this band. Oh, I mean, David Byrne like, just I'm says a bunch of very weird them. stuff. I would just like to, to read you yeah, uh, a line in the lyrics that stood out to oh, me, please do. and it's horrible. I'm excited. Okay. A man can drive his car, and a woman can be a boss. I'm a monkey and a flower. <laughs> I'm everything at once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. One. <laughs> yeah. I'd be willing. No, to No, I'm them. not gonna give him a one. I'm gonna still. say. I said two. A, okay. I was gonna say a three, because I like that there was a cohesive message in Little Creatures. I'm gonna go with a two point. But Little Creatures still has horrible lyrics. Very true. Yeah. Um, I I was only going a three because I knew that you guys were low and I wanted to yeah. kind of put no, them. No, that's fair. Around Understandable. Okay. two point. Understandable. Something. So. I mean, I don't know what what issue you guys had with those lyrics. Nothing he said was incorrect. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is that's true. <laughs> he so, is a monkey and a flower. Yes, he is. So, looking back, when we talk about artists that are essentially at the forefront of a genre that are kind of considered the godfathers yeah. of a genre, and new wave would be that genre for the Talking Heads. We usually give them two an X factor, which and I'm I okay think with. that's totally agreeable on par, yeah yeah that's on par that's right with what we do i'm okay with and now we're gonna get to leonard skinnard 
Cool, cool, cool. Leonard Skinner. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> what a story. Do you have the blurb up or you want me to yeah, say Yeah, sure. It? I'll say. So Leonard Skinner was an American rock band. They formed in Jacksonville, Florida. So many people will know that the group as they are now is certainly not the group that was originally yeah. formed. But they actually formed all the way back in 1964 as My Backyard with Ronnie yep. Van Zandt, Gary Rossington, Alan Collins, and a couple other guys who ended up not being with the band after that. Uh, Rossington is the only guy on the band now still. Yes. Ronnie Van Zant tragically passed in the plane crash. Alan Collins, every tragedy imaginable to man oh happened gosh, to him before yeah, he died seriously. at age 37. I mean, I, I don't want to get cry too, too story. in depth because uh, we're already kind of long here on this yeah, episode. Right. But seriously, go look up his life. Yeah, please. It's, it's horrifying. Alan Collins. I mean, go right on Leonard Skinner's wiki and you can see that he's right there on like the first sentence or two. Click on it. Read this guy's story. Oh my god, it's brutal. I feel so terrible, but we'll we'll move on. I mean, the first five albums were the ones with the original lineup that are yes. all very famous. The first one pronounced Leonard Skinnerd, uh, the highest selling, which tied with two other ones essentially, but this one charted a little higher. Is Street Survivors, yeah, which came out just a few days before the plane crash. Yeah, and, and I mean, we had to do this. One. We had to do it. Regardless yeah, regardless oh, of. I mean, this I had to be the album that we did. I agree. And then the most recent one in 2012 with only Gary Rossington still in the band is Last of a Dying Breed. Yeah. So why don't we talk? I'm not, I'm going to let you go first for Pronounced Leonard Skinner, Nick, because okay. I know this is up there for you. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite albums of all time. I think it is the definitive album of the Southern rock genre. Yeah. I think every song on it is fantastic. Uh, the huge hits. Tuesday's Gone, Give Me Three Steps, Simple yeah. Man, Free Bird. But every other song is fantastic. I Ain't the One. An early mm-hmm. use of the reverse mechanism on recording with cymbals to introduce the album, which I think is really cool. Uh, Things Going On is one of my favorite songs and one of their best written songs lyrically. And uh, on the get, get the bonus track version, Mr. Banker is one of my favorite songs as well. And that is okay. all I have to say about that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Alex or Tyler? Uh, I really enjoyed this album. I think it like when I think of Leonard Skinner and their sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. This is the it's, album. This is it. Like, oh, for sure. And all, every song on it is strong. Yeah. Like there's not a weak yep. one. Nope. I, don't, I, feel, I don't feel like. Whereas with the other ones, you know, and we could get into that, but like some of the songs don't hit as much not as these right. ones do. Everyone yeah. is a winner. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost a shame. It's like essentially, if any artist came out with their very, very best album first, if like Pink Floyd started their career yeah. with Dark Side of the Moon exactly. and The Wall. And everyone's like, oh, or the Beatles were like, here's our first album. It's called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And our second is called Abbey Road. And now we're coming out with With the Beatles. It's like, we still love that album, but oh, come on. Um, Yeah, Tyler, do you have anything you want to add before I go? I mean, this is is Leonard Skinner. I mean, if you have any interest in that Southern rock genre of music you know oh yeah leonard skinner you listen to this i mean this is this is almost like the bible of that genre like anyone and everyone who's who who did this genre afterwards and continue to do it today like this is this is your jumping off point you're like you need to to get this sound first and then you can kind yeah. of do your own thing with it. But like, this is where the, the heart and soul needs to come from. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I, I'll echo a little bit. Obviously this is the best album from them. Um, I want to get a little more specific just because we already kind of talked mm-hmm. about how quintessential it all was. 
Uh, I, my favorite song that Leonard Skinner does is Simple Man. Uh, it's my personal favorite song. I really, really like that song. song. I like the message. I like just how laid back it feels in the, in the sound, but it's mm-hmm. definitely like got emotion behind powerful, it. powerful, yeah. Um, uh, Freebird. I mean, what do we can say? It's it's, it's super I mean, overplayed. It's it's, bas- it's almost X Factor points in a song. By it itself. is it <laughs> is super super overplayed. It's the most overplayed song at bars and stuff. I mean, we're sure. a cover band. We play bars every time we're there. Somebody's like, play Freebird. No it one. Happens. You can't go to see music anywhere yeah. without hearing someone say, play Freebird. So to be objective about it. It's a great solo. It's a great solo at the end of that mm-hmm. song. Super, super well done. Super tight backing instrumentation on a solo. Absolutely. I mean, they never waver, and that solo goes on for so long. Um, and I like the slow part of it. I mean, the slow All intro. The time, yeah. It's you know, you cut that song in half, and it's two solid songs. And as one song, it kind of raises it above. Mm-hmm. Do I want to hear it? You know, fifty times a year? Of course not. No, but, but there's very few songs. You know, that are it's that overplayed, way. but objectively, I like it. Why don't we Good. move on to Street Survivors? You wrapped us up, so start us up. Sure. Um, it's hard to beat pronounced Leonard Skinner. Right. I think that this album is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, not comparing it to Pronounced, I think it's a great album. Yes. Comparing it to their previous work, I think it's, it's good. It's good, yeah, totally. Um, some, some really good things on this album. Uh, that Smell. Um, it's hit. a really great lyrical take on the issue of drugs and rock Which and roll. Which they also hit on about. Poison Whiskey in the first album. Yes, too. um... So this album, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, the reason that smell was written was uh, one of the members of the band got like drugged out and like crashed their car. Oh, okay. that was so, Alan Collins, wasn't it? I thought that happened later. I think that, that happened, happened later. later. That happened oh, yeah. later on, but it's, it's, it, nobody was hurt. But it was one of those things where it was like, okay, they wrote this song because of that. Yeah, and I mean, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, every song on this is really, really good to me. The only, yeah. except for one, which I'll say, isn't bad. It's not a bad song at all. It just felt out of place on this particular album, and, and that's Honky Tonk Nighttime. And it's the only one they didn't write, which makes it's the sense. only one they didn't write. Yeah, it's the which only makes cover. Makes a ton of yep. sense. It felt like it was out of place here. It's it, it had a really distinct sound, and that song kind of came in and was different. Yeah, and then Ain't No Good Life. Super, super weird to me to hear that song. That's the last song on their last yeah, album. Yeah, I know. They Knowing died. that that came out like three days before they, Seriously, they died. Like, yeah. like Gaines wrote that album. And he died. wrote that yeah. song and then died. It and was that's the it last was song on the album. Gaines, Van Zandt, and then Gaines' girlfriend or fiance, who, who was one of the backup away, singers. Those wrote were the three that, that died. Yeah. Oh. So just right. crazy to me. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of covers, I just yeah. one of the huge Skinner songs that we skipped, "Call Me the Breeze," which is actually a cover, but it almost so that you wouldn't know it because it's such a Skinner song at this point. Um, the other big hit on this album was "What's Your Name," which is great. I think my favorite was another Gaines composition. I know a little. Oh, I know 100%. a little. Oh my god! Killing the, song. The, the Killing. instrumental on and that was unreal. Yes. I have a very specific point about um, the first two albums that I want to wait till the third album sure. to say. Understood. But I mean, I agree with Pat. It's it's a great album if you compare it to like their one the greatest Southern rock album of all time. It's just very good. Yeah. But you can't go wrong with this one either. And I'll just let Alex take it from there. You know, I, I'm echoing everything you said here. Mm. I think like it's definitely not as strong as the first one, but this one like has some solid yeah. songs yeah. in it. Exactly. Like, like if 
any other band came out with this like as their first album, I think it would be, be really killer. strong. Yeah, if you swap the two albums, yeah, it would, oh yeah, it would still be great. But you know, I think it it doesn't stand up to it, but it's definitely in yeah. the ring. Right, Tyler, you have uh, similar thoughts or? Yeah, again, I just I don't want to end up repeating points that were yeah. already brought up. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Pat did a good job covering the one song that didn't really feel like it fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it it is a very enjoyable experience yeah. listening to these albums that you guys picked out for me. Yeah. Um, it's a genre of music that I I like, but I was never passionate about, so I never did any deep dives or became obsessed with any artists, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of Leonard Skinner, because you know he he you know that band stood out where yeah. the other ones of this genre just kind of melded together for me, because uh, I don't really memorize bands and stuff like that. Um, so, but you know, obviously, I knew about this one. It's constantly um, coming up right. in discussions and, and you know pop culture and stuff like that. And this album it, is a is a perfect example of why it, it manages to build upon their first release without straying from what made them uniquely them yeah, yeah absolutely and it, it's it's wow. never repetitive it's never really derivative speaking no, of things not. that make leonard skinner leonard skinner now we're really gonna why don't get you off the... tyler do you want to go first uh for their last album last of a dying breed no yeah no, okay, like, i don't want to cover that one at all <laughs> good uh alex why don't you go first all right i think that and and i said this to nick earlier i I think that this album is if somebody said to a bunch of musicians, hey, I want you guys to write a Leonard Skinner album. Which is basically and what it is. Yeah. Because, because it's no it's, longer the members it's of like, Leonard Skinner. It's like Leonard Skinner. Except for yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, like actually yeah. Leonard Skinner, the, the guy that they named. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. there it's, we go. It's, uh, some of the songs are decent, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, um, I have one song. That I like. Last of a Dying Breed is okay. Um, there's this one song in the middle that had this really cool, um, like, descending line in it. I can't sure. remember which song it was. Um, but beyond that, you know, yeah. it just sounds nothing like Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And right. I okay. did not yeah. enjoy it. It's a very Fair pop enough. country album at yeah. this point that rocks a little bit. Um, and I would like to make the distinction because we've listened to some really horrible albums on this podcast that were difficult to get through. This wasn't that in the sense that it was just like constant needles in your yeah, ears. Yeah, no, it was not that bad. It was just not like there. There are no songs that I will go back to from this album. I didn't enjoy it, um, but it right. wasn't like actually painful the way some so, of the other ones have been. That's it. That's all, all I'm got. gonna say on this is the entire album felt super generic. Yeah, like. You know, cookie cutter, country rock. We're now fully into country rock. This yeah, this could Southern have been a kid rock, rock album, honestly. Yeah. Um, And there's one song on it that I like, and it's Ready to Fly. Okay. And it was this like kind of ballady, sad song about like a dying mother sure. talking to her yeah. kids. That song was good. Mm-hmm. Um, A bunch of the songs just sounded super fake to me. Yeah. Uh, Homegrown... Ugh. Nickelback could have wrote that song. <laughs> I don't hate Nickelback, but I feel like Nickelback's kind of generic. That was a bad song. Though. And that's a bad song. Uh, nothing comes easy. Like, dude. 
Which is just a lie. Yeah, especially, like, you got That's to the join part. the band Leonard Skinner after That's they were the on top of the really world. That's the part that really just pissed me off, actually. Like, I got actually mad listening to that song. Because we're sitting here listening, and I mean, it's super generic, like, oh, my tractor and my truck stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, there's more to country music than that. But at the same time, you're talking like you're a member of the working class and nothing comes easy to you. Yeah. When you're, you're Leonard Skinner. You're Leonard Skinner. <laughs> you're one of the most famous bands of all, of all time. time. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just also, felt super fake to me. Yeah. And also, like, you know, I, I mentioned before about parodies and comedic songs. Listening to that song was, was almost funny because mm. it sounded like somebody who was doing a parody of country songs. Like, it's yeah. just like, yeah. it's like if you talk to someone who hates country and they're just like, every country song is just about beer, trucks, Dogs. and cheating on <laughs> right. women. And, and... You know the the band Leonard Skinner was like in the audience when when the guy was up there complaining notes. about oh, it, and they're yeah. like, "So that's the heart, <laughs> yeah. right?" Yeah. All right. And you know what we... else? They're missing one other huge thing on this album. Yeah, Billy Powell, the piano okay. player, who is unbelievably so, talented. Not uh, being that on this brings album. me to he, the point that passed. I wanted to bring up. But it, Billy it Powell, passed, yeah. phenomenal, not having him um, kills this band. You yes. know what really stuck out to me as not Leonard Skinner? about this album, not just the generic part of it, but like there were no blues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was there wrong. was no blue. That's what I wanted to oh, say. Totally. I didn't want to so bring right. it up in the first two albums, You're but so they're right. so blues heavy. And this album had no blues element, no blues scales, no blues, was, no blues lines. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, How right. do you miss that? I agree. Like one of the things that is most popular about your group and you just don't include it on your last album. Like, come on. Yeah. You're right. So why don't Let's we score them? them. <laughs> so cultural impact, Obviously, I'm just going to throw it out. They're super high. They're one of the most famous bands of all time. Yeah. I think they belong somewhere between our highest acts. James Taylor got a nine, and Elton John and the Beatles got a ten. I think they're somewhere in between that. I think they're yeah. higher than okay. James Taylor. Okay. I think they're higher than James Taylor, too. I would be putting them at like a nine three. Yeah. South of the Mason-Dixon line, they might even be a ten. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's I can, true. I yeah. can definitely get on board with that, especially because like yeah. Freebird really like... Yeah. Right. Yeah. I well, think Freebird nine... is going to... I think X-Factor points even for yeah. Freebird because that's such a cultural I think they're going to get X-Factor points. Yeah, they're going to get multiple areas. I think a 9.3 for me fits because they are more popular than James Taylor. People know Leonard Skinner by name, but I'm not putting them in the same echelon as Elton John or the Beatles in terms of right. like, there are people who dedicate their lives to studying the, the sure. music of those they're, people. They're kind of the next echelon down, Yeah, exactly. But like so still that's the next... near the top of the mountain. Sure. In that nine range, not quite a 9.5 sure. for me. I think that's fine. Yeah, I can agree with that. So, Breath of Work, I'll just tell you right now, yes. Skinner put out 14 albums. They this put out so five albums as Leonard Skinner. Yes. This they put so out five albums as Leonard Skinner. They all certified. Uh, three of them were double yeah. platinum. They were all excellent. The first five albums are very good. And then the next And ones. I know the other, the other albums that we didn't talk about, they're all very good. I will say the best thing I can say is there were other surviving members of the band Leonard Skinner besides Gary Rossington that might have made the albums in between slightly better. I mean, but I but, can't. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't nothing know. charted. No, no, nothing charted. I mean, listen, the fact that you have the tragedy and stuff, and it's basically two different groups, but we have to score exactly. them as one. Right. You have to subtract points. If it was yes. just the first five albums, they'd be like in my eights. Sure, they'd be up there. So, in my yeah, eights. it's it's like a hard balance because instead of five albums, you get nine more. 
but it's like you almost wish you didn't get any of them. Yeah. Right. But you have to give them points for putting out nine studio albums, but then nothing for the music. The music is right. a detractor from those, but the music from the first five pushes them up. It's very weird. It's a very weird I, thing to I, score. My personal kind of balancing act put them at a seven and a half. I think that makes a lot of sense. I because, and it's, wrote that It's okay, 100% on the wings of the first five albums. Which are so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, I think we're all in, in agreement on that. So yeah. And I mean, these also are the same... <laughs> Yeah, I mean instrumental. This is again. This is going to be super high for them. Obviously, we know yeah. that they can all play. Billy Powell, great, underrated as piano player. Like you forget how f- much he oh, brings. Yeah, uh, all three of the guitarists are excellent. Like when Ed King left, he was replaced by Steve Gaines, who was fantastic. Yep. I mean, the closest band in terms of style, I would be like looking at Government Mule from a couple of weeks ago, right? And then kind of grading from there. So Government Mule was an eight point one. I think Leonard Skinner's got to be somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. Somewhere in the neighborhood of Bitcoin. So, okay, but, I mean, realistically, mm-hmm. we listened to the last album. Sure. I mean, you lose a lot of that. Do so, we maybe put yeah. them... Oh, I don't... I'd be I, willing I to put them... Okay. I'd be willing to put them at the same as Government Mule. I think that makes yeah. the most sense. Because of how amazing they are in the beginning. Yeah, and, it's and th- like, there's a reason why when Leonard Skinner was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was the lineup, it was the lineup up through 1977, and no yeah. one else in the band after that Correct. got in. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Okay. And, and so I just eight point one. I'm good with yeah. songwriting talent. Again, I feel like let's just do this. Yeah. Let's just make it a point now. We need to subtract a base amount from the next two. Okay. Because of the because the, yeah. of the drivel. I understand. So now is that a full point? Um, I, I think a point for the last album yeah. because especially considering what was before that too. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I did kind of peruse a little bit, and none of it was. No, I wasn't. I've, I've home read about some it. of the lyrics from the album "God and Guns," and I just wanted to bash my head Which, against the wall. I mean, I read the title of "God yeah. and Guns." Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, song, it's they're in that area where they found what they did. And there was some yeah. variation within it. They nailed it, but they, they didn't they go didn't right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm calling that like a six. With yeah, the, with the sure. points they, right? Because the they subtracted. they wrote southern rock songs better than anyone else ever has. Yeah, yeah. and they really stuck and to their genre, yeah. but there well, was no experimentation. I mean, I'm not saying, like I also love the Allman Brothers and yeah, ZZ Top. I, I would and give all them the like top. when we get to Allman when we Brothers, get, sure. like the Allman Brothers didn't quite get that level of fame and success that that Leonard. Yeah, but I, I they're I the next. Write, they're they very close. They're like they write a better song. I think though. Because I mean, if, like, if I'm on that episode, we can talk. I, no, about yeah, that. I I get what you're saying. Like comparing songs like Melissa and Jessica versus like Tuesday's Gone yeah. and Simple Man. Yeah, it's it's, it's close. Tough. It's, it's tough. close. Um, poetic talent. There are a handful of things that are good. Tuesday's Gone, Simple Man, Things Going On. These are songs that I'm really interested in. What you have to say. Yep. Um, other than that, it's generic, but not shoot yourself in the foot. No, none of it's bad. I mean, even there's songs that I really enjoy, like That Smell. Mm-hmm. It's repetitive. It, sure. The lyrics yeah, yeah. aren't profound. The message is profound, but the lyrics aren't. Right. And a lot of times when bands don't shoot themselves in the foot and they tell a good story and they sometimes have something to say, yeah. that's where they kind of fall in the middle. Yeah. And so I'd be willing to put them around a five point something. Okay. Um, But I, at the same time, we said we we're going to subtract a point. For that, yeah. So maybe maybe not a whole point here, maybe like a four point eight. 
I'm okay with it. Because more albums were released with the the blandness than without it. I agree. And again, it's nothing to do with the first five albums, pretty much. Okay, so... X-Factor. We've got X-Factor here. I mean, with the exception of The Day the Music Died, this has got to be the most famous tragedy in history of music. If I'm thinking musicians who died in a crash like this... There's it's tons of them two. to think of, but Leonard Skinner, right after the, well, the day that the music died, I think, died, yeah, is I think it's going to be, you know, day the music died, Skinner, Stevie and then Ray, like Stevie Ray, and a bunch of other people that will kind of like pour yeah. in after that. But I'm, those I'm, are the big ones. Yeah. So, uh, what did we give Stevie Ray? Out of curiosity, we gave him a three in X Factor, and I. But I think that's also part of uh, part of him being the greatest guitar being one player. Of the greatest guitar players of all. And time. I think Leonard Skinner makes up that extra point. In the With fact Freebird. that Freebird is just the biggest cultural yeah. meme, you literally cannot see live music without hearing somebody yep. talk about that. I'm three. okay with a three it's, here. And I think a three is exactly where we should end up. There okay. I'm cool with so, that. So, Nick. I've got scores. Tell us our scores. Awesome. So, uh, hotly contested, three artists that scored very well for us this week. And uh, the Talking Heads actually came in, in last, which I know Pat will be happy I about. I agree with that. With a 28.4. <laughs> Uh, Bare Naked Ladies right in the middle with a 31.3. And to no one's surprise whatsoever, Leonard Skinner wins the episode with a 38.7. And a and job I well really done. I really think it would have been almost 10 points higher. Oh, if they, I had, if they, I know. If without it those had not for the crash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, Undoubted. That's it. Alex, thank you yeah, so much for so coming So glad out, to have man. you on. Thank you for, and, uh, for having me. I look me. forward to next week's episode where we'll yeah. be discussing, amongst other things, fish. Oh, yes. Love fish. I love fish. Love fish. Well, do you? Do you I do, fish? actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to eat. They're, yeah, not to they're eat, Ben and Jerry's like, flavor. You know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You hold fish or something? Do you just yeah. feed them? Do you look at uh, them in the water? Yeah, they're, they're nice. It's calming. <laughs> calming. Gets the blood pressure down. Uh, yeah. So, guys, check us out online. Uh, Totem Talks is the name of the podcast. Obviously, if you've been here the whole time, you know that. Uh, but Low Totem is the name of our band. Uh, lowtotemband.com you can check us out check out some information about us um, if you're in the area find out when and where we're playing and all that fun stuff um, other than that the only other thing to say is have a great day <laughs>